Hello and welcome to the first podcast of a series of podcasts organized by the Hellenic Foundation for European and Foreign Policy with the support of the Friedrich Naumann Foundation on public opinion perceptions in Greece and Turkey. My name is Ioannis Grigoriadis. I'm an associate professor at Bilken University in Ankara and the head of the Turkey program at LMF the Hellenic Foundation for European Foreign Policy. I'm honored to be joined uh, today by two distinguished journalists from Greece and Turkey. And uh, our topic will be the effect of the war in Ukraine, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, on the public opinion in Greece and Turkey. With me, we have Ms. Sezin One, who's a journalist and a columnist Mm -hmm. at uh, Politikyol, electronic newspaper, and Ms. Alexandra Vuduri, who is a Diplomatic Affairs Editor at Athens Municipal Radio and Macropolis GR, and she's also affiliated with Map. I will start with uh, Ms. One and uh, ask the first question. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has shocked the international public community and shaken the international order. How this seminal event be received by the Turkish public opinion? Well, the Turkish public opinion uh, was actually getting quite favorable to Russia. That has ceased, uh, that's come to a halt. But it's not that Russia is seen in a very negative light as in the rest of Europe. But in general, there was the perception that Turkey uh, should be remaining neutral uh, in this conflict. As soon as the conflict has started, the opinion polls showed that around 75, almost 75% of the public favored neutrality. And uh, this continues on, actually. Uh, So in that sense, there wasn't the shock that Europe experienced and there wasn't the feeling that Turkey should be clearly on the side of Ukraine uh, or should be going against Russia. Uh, But uh, rather... Turkey should be uh, not uh, uh, caught between a rock and a hard place and stayed out of this conflict. This was the general perception and uh, this is still continuing. Uh, But aside from that, uh, as I mentioned, uh, especially in the first days of the conflict, first weeks of the conflict, this is just a, a casual observation. You could hear the public speaking about this on the street uh, in general. Uh, and it's rare that a foreign affairs issue becomes uh, a matter of debate in Turkey. But it was. There was a shock. Uh, but as I said, it didn't produce some kind of hostility uh, specific hostility towards Russia or a specific friendship towards Ukraine. Thank you very much, Ms. Fuduri. How do you uh, evaluate the position of the Greek public opinion? Well, um, first of all, the Russian invasion of Ukraine uh, has been and still is of a great interest to the Greek public opinion because first and foremost, there are strong ties with both uh, Russia and Ukraine. Um, There is a keen interest to the Greek uh, public opinion at large to to the fact that all three countries uh, share uh, the same Orthodox religion, even though, as we know, these three churches do not 
in reality harmoniously coexist, especially due to the fact that the Ecumenical Patriarchate and the Greek Orthodox Church have recognized back in two, uh, 2019 the autocephalus of uh, the Ukraine's war. Secondly, a large uh, Greek community lives in both countries and especially uh, in Ukraine. And in fact, in the first days of the invasion, if you remember, at least Greek, uh, 10 Greeks were killed by Russian bombings. And uh, especially after the, the complete destruction of Mariupol, there has been a great interest. And we have seen, for instance, the foreign minister, uh, Mr. Dendias, uh, even taking the issue to The Hague to um, uh, research possible war crimes. Uh, so, um, uh, additionally, uh, we should not also neglect that there are strong historic ties um, with both countries related to Greece's war of independence in the 1820s. And for all these reasons, uh, briefly explain the, uh, the interest of the Greek uh, public and therefore of the Greek media. Uh, which are, still have a very strong interest in the dreadful events surrounding the war uh, in Ukraine. However, um, uh, Mr. Rigoriadis, Professor Rigoriadis, the Greek public opinion, uh, as you probably know, is highly divided on any issue, uh, let alone um, on this one uh, that involves a war between two countries uh, of special importance and significance uh, for Greece. And for all these reasons, again, it was it has not been a surprise, at least to me, that uh, in most public opinions, um, the a high percentage of Greeks um, has not condemned uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, for instance, I'm referring to um, a public opinion published in Politico where 40% of uh, Greek uh, people did not condemn the Putin's decision to invade Ukraine. And from all six European countries, this has been by far the highest percentage. And another opinion poll uh, back in early March, 75% uh, condemned Putin's stance, but at the same time, 60% uh, were also condemning uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, that is the Ukraine's president. So uh, we've seen this division within the Greek uh, public opinion. Uh, there is also um, a difference uh, of the coverage uh, between um, among the Greek media, meaning that um, the Greek dailies um, are giving much more in-depth analysis on what is going on, and they're giving a more balanced, let's say, um, aspect uh, of stories related to uh, the war in Ukraine. Um, they don't only have Greek experts uh, and analysts speaking about the war, but also foreign analysis. Whereas um, uh, TV programs uh, usually uh, just um, use uh, the uh, virtual um, perception and um, images of the war. Uh, they're trying to um, increase the sentiment uh, however, that's, that has not been successful. Plus, 
two TV stations uh, in Greece uh, also have correspondence in Moscow, which is not uh, in com comparing to other European networks. I think Greece uh, still has uh, correspondence in Moscow, who I'm afraid uh, are just reproducing uh, Russia's narratives regarding the war. Uh, these correspondents, of course, were there before uh, the war and are uh, not even using the word war. That's why I said that they're using Russia's narratives regarding the war. And um, they, I could say, reproducing Russia's propaganda. So there you have uh, the media approach, and that might explain why the public opinion is still uh, divided uh, regarding the Russia's invasion in Ukraine. If, if there was a change in uh, Turkish public uh, uh, psyche, uh, it, it became even more, more pro-Bayraktar and pro-arms uh, industry because the Bayraktar, the uh, unmanned uh, drones, uh, uh, the, these weapons have become uh, even more popular in Turkey uh, among the public uh, as a uh, really big success of the Turkish uh, industry and Turkish foreign policy. Uh, so uh, in that sense, there is great pride among all uh, factions, although, uh, of course, Bayraktar is, uh, of course, the, that the family is affiliated uh, with uh, President Erdogan uh, the, uh, as being relatives. Uh, but uh, uh, in the at the same time, uh, the, across the general public, uh, in all the parts of the Turkish society, there is a sense of pride uh, with the growing uh, success of the Turkish uh, arms production, uh, this uh, uh, homemade weapons, uh, all, all this weapon industry is uh, a source of pride for the Turkish public in general. So, uh, both of you mentioned uh, responsibility as one of the parameters of the approach of the Greek and Turkish public opinion. My question refers to the position of NATO in that uh, discussion. Uh, is NATO considered in Greece and Turkey as part of the problem in Ukraine or as a part of the solution in uh, Ukraine? So, Alexandra? I could say neither. I mean, um, I don't think, uh, first and foremost, that the majority of the Greek public opinion feels secure uh, within NATO. There is a huge uh, disappointment for some uh, NATO member states' behavior vis-à-vis -vis our relation and their relations with Turkey, respectively, uh, especially uh, during the high-tension year of 2020. Uh, and um, I think one of... Uh, also, additionally, I would have to mention here that the vast majority, one out of the two Greeks, do not support... Um, government policies regarding, for instance, the decision of uh, Prime Minister to supply weapons uh, to Ukraine. So um, we have this kind of um, uh, peculiar stance towards uh, NATO. So we don't really think, I mean, the Greeks do not really think that NATO could be either uh, the solution or a problem to this conflict. Plus, 
uh, as we all know, our foreign policy and the public opinion is very much Turkey-oriented, and we all, we actually monitor how Turkey, as a NATO member, uh, behaves uh, towards uh, this war. And uh, we are, uh, the public opinion is questioning whether a NATO member can, can be neutral as Turkey is, and why is not uh, taking part or is not aligned with uh, decisions of NATO and EU uh, as well uh, regarding sanctions against uh, Russia. So uh, I think um, in general um, and in contrast with other um, NATO member states like the Baltic countries and others that they want to, they're wishing to enter the North Atlantic Alliance uh, this is the sentiment uh, within the Greek public opinion. Thank you very much, Sizin. How is the view in Turkey? Actually, the uh, public perception uh, towards NATO in Turkey is qu- remained quite constant over the years, and th- it's quite uh, instrumentalizing. Uh, around 70% of the public uh, across all party affiliations and ideologies supports uh, NATO membership of Turkey uh, and uh, thinks that Turkey should remain a member of NATO. Uh, in contrast, for example, the EU membership uh, support was fluctuating over the years, uh, but yeah, it's around uh, 60% as well now. Uh, so in that sense, NATO is seen uh, as an instrument uh, that Turkey can utilize at times when needed. And it uh, contributes to the security of Turkey in that sense, as an instrument. Uh, there is certainly a confidence that, uh, that Turkey actually has uh, a great military force and it can defend itself. But NATO alliance enhances that uh, already existing uh, strong uh, muscle uh, in the Turkish public opinion, and it's quite similar to the ag- uh, actual approach of the governments uh, over the years. So, uh, in that sense, uh, Turkish public opinion and Turkish uh, government opinion uh, before AK Party and uh, now currently with uh, AK Party uh, coincides. Uh, so the the, the uh, anti-NATO sentiment is only among the leftist, staunchly uh, leftist circles, uh, and it's in that sense uh, quite fringe. Uh, and now uh, NATO membership in general and uh, how Turkey utilizes it, uh, both in the Greek-Turkish relations. Uh, previously, and also now uh, to, uh, related to the uh, Ukraine war, uh, wars, uh, offshore issues like uh, Sweden and Finland's membership are all uh, regarded as uh, transactional. Uh, Turkey can uh, use it as a bargaining chip and it's uh, seen something positive by the public opinion as well. Uh, the- the question of NATO's enlargement would be my next one, in fact. So, uh, Sezin made a brief mention of, uh, of the issue because it's been an issue heavily uh, featuring 
in international media over the last couple of days. So my question would be, is this enlargement considered positively, neutrally, or just as an instrument to promote national interests? So, uh, Cezin? Uh, well, actually, uh, that depends on the public uh, uh, psyche of how Turkey would be affected by the enlargement. There's not a, a really sophisticated debate in Turkey related to the uh, foreign affairs issues. Unfortunately, uh, the appeasement of the media and the pressures that the media has been facing has degraded uh, much of the reporting quality uh, uh, of any analysis in general. And although reporters, uh, quite a number of reporters uh, across the uh, Turkish media's uh, different uh, spectrum, uh, a diverse spectrum, uh, has traveled to Ukraine and reporters from there, uh, there wasn't really a genuine uh, follow-up in the uh, pu- public, uh, so it wasn't. Uh, it, uh, it ceased to be uh, an issue in public debate very quickly. So internal domestic issues related to the uh, political alliances or any mundane political debate uh, within Turkey uh, t- uh, took the precedent uh, v- uh, to, uh, to hit the agenda much more uh, in a much more b- bigger way than Ukraine did uh, after the initial shock. Uh, so the, the, you don't have this nuanced political analysis that's infiltrating to, uh, that, that is disseminated uh, among the public, really. So it's, it's a very elite discussion uh, regarding uh, Finland and Sweden's membership uh, to NATO. And in general, the Turkish public uh, remains, and also not that just the Turkish public, but much of the Turkish political elite as well, it remains very much removed from how Europe is actually affected by the war in Ukraine. Uh, be it the energy uh, issues, be it the, uh, in general the foreign policy uh, perception changes, or uh, also, uh, for example, uh, uh, all this refugee, uh, Ukrainian refugee issue, how it's uh, having an impact on the European uh, countries in general, sociologically and psychologically not, uh, it uh, doesn't have a resonance in Turkey, really. So it's Turkey is in that sense very much removed from the European debate, as if it's uh, totally not a part of Europe. Uh, once again, uh, it was a demonstration of that, in my opinion, uh, uh, according to my observations. Uh, in, uh, it was just a foreign far away debate. And uh, as I mentioned again and again, it's just about uh, the transactional side, how Turkey might benefit from this conflict. Alexandra, how different is the situation in Greece? Uh, Well, uh, even though um, the historic uh, decision of both Scandinavian countries uh, to um, apply for NATO membership is all over the news, as you've mentioned very correctly, I think, uh, again, this is a discussion, as Sezin said, about Turkish society, a very elite discussion. Um, 
Even the Finnish Prime Minister, while visiting Athens, gave interviews to Greek media and explained the positions of her, her country. There is no much analysis of how the Greeks might see a NATO's enlargement, uh, even though there is a warm and undoubt uh, and with no asterisk support of the Greek government towards the application of both um, uh, Scandinavian countries. Uh, there is, I think there is no much interest uh, within the Greek public. However, I think that since there are fears uh, for the extension of the war and the consequences of the war, they might feel, I mean, the Greeks might feel fear of what could that mean uh, for the um, development of the war or whether Putin might uh, hit other um, uh, countries, NATO countries uh, as well. And in fact, uh, within the public debate, again, we are talking about Turkey's position vis-a-vis uh, the two applications and why a NATO member like Turkey is again using uh, the case of both Scandinavian countries as a bargaining chip. Again, this is a discussion um, with, uh, within the Greek media. Uh, I, I could add here, because I use the word fear, and that might explain again how Greeks feel uh, now I mean, at the beginning, there was shock, uh, as everywhere else. But now, the, the, their fears are mostly related to the economic, uh, to the economical consequences, to the consequences of their own, I mean, uh, economic situation. Since, uh, as everywhere, but uh, Greece has been hit. Uh, from the financial crisis and after the pandemic. So there, there is a growing fear of where this war is going to lead. And I would say that the, the, the major sentiment now within the Greek public opinion is fear about the future and especially about the financial situation, both uh, uh, of the country and of their personal uh, income, I could say. Following up to this point, Alexandra, I think uh, we also need to discuss whether after this invasion, Russia is perceived as security threat in Greece and Turkey, of course. But can you tell us whether Greeks consider Russia as a threat after all this? Do they think that violating international law in the way that Russia did in Ukraine may have ramifications for themselves? Uh, well, that is very interesting and contradicting because, uh, as I've mentioned, uh, the Greek um, a large majority has not condemned uh, Russia's decision to invade um, a sovereign country and to, as you very correct, correctly said, violate uh, international law. And since there is um, this... Um, focus on Turkey, this could have been and is being used by the government as an argument why we should not be neutral in this war since we have a troubling uh, making a neighbor or uh, a country that violates the international law, etc., etc. Um, the fear, there is fear uh, regarding security and not only security in general, but also on security and uh, energy security. 
But of course, following the threats of Vladimir Putin and his foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, of a nuclear war, uh, definitely that has um, uh, influenced the Greek public opinion. And there also fear of a possible uh, event. Uh, um, at the beginning, of, uh, just after these threats um, by Vladimir Putin, as well as by Sergei Lavrov, uh, there is a huge uh, consumption of, um, uh, I mean, the, the public, the, the, the Greeks were going to the, um, to the drugstores trying to find even medicines that uh, could uh, help them survive a possible a nuclear incident. So yes, there are fears, and that is why I said that the major feeling and sentiment regarding the war uh, for the majority of the Greeks right now is fear. Fear for everything, and including uh, a threat, uh, not only on security in general, but also on uh, energy security. They, they do not know how this will uh, continue and affect their lives, especially in autumn, and whether the EU would be already prepared to uh, secure energy supplies for next winter. So then, uh, Russia's relationship with Turkey has been very complicated over the last few years. So how more complicated does this war make it? Uh, well, actually, Turkey, uh, you know, uh, in a way, managed to steer away uh, garnering the uh, attracting the uh, anger of Russia and uh, also uh, not uh, getting hostile both publicly and uh, in po in foreign policy uh, with Russia so managing both sides uh, having in that sense a balanced uh, in quotation marks, of course, this uh, ba balanced approach uh, between uh, th these warring sides, uh, between Ukraine and Russia. Uh, certainly, as I mentioned, uh, the uh, general friendship, if there was at all such a friendship uh, with Russia, is tarnished, of course. Uh, so th there is a break there, of course, uh, but there's also not a hostility developing. There's also not uh, a general negativity, uh, both towards the Russian public uh, or Russian for foreign policy or uh, Russia in general. Uh, also, uh, Putin, in a way, had a soft power image. Uh, of course, not uh, I, I, it's uh, ironic. Of course, it's not soft power, but his uh, image as a strong leader was popular in Turkey, and uh, this also uh, ha faced uh, a downfall uh, to an extent. Uh, but at the same time, uh, Turkish public, uh, and you have also uh, written brilliantly about this, uh, Professor Grigoriadis, this Eurasianist uh, approach uh, to foreign policy is uh, continuing in a way. Uh, in the sense that uh, there isn't a more, for example, Western approach uh, now that Turkey has sided uh, to an extent with uh, the West, uh, allied with the West in this conflict, uh, or uh, there isn't a 
very anti-Eurasianist uh, sentiment developing. But on the contrary, uh, Turkey should not uh, put all the uh, eggs in one ba- basket and should be friendly with who, whomever uh, is necessary, whomever the uh, interests lie. Uh, maybe the only uh, caveat in this multifaceted uh, foreign policy uh, perception of the public is uh, towards the Middle East. If there is uh, a party that's ascending in Turkey's, uh, descending, uh, sorry, descending in Turkey's uh, popular opinion is the Middle East uh, relations. And these are, for example, uh, always uh, regarded, for example, Turkey's uh, repro- rapprochement with United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, these are more mocked about, or uh, these are not uh, really uh, fancied by the Turkish public in general. Uh, so the Middle East aff- affiliation is clearly lost, and Turkey does not want to be uh, placed among the Middle Eastern uh, part of the world, uh, but uh, tilting towards uh, Europe and Asia seems fine, uh, both in the Turkish public opinion and, of course, uh, in the Turkish foreign policy approach as well. So my last question will refer to the network that Russia developed in Greece and Turkey and other European countries. Uh, that uh, has contributed to the rise of Russian soft power in our continent. And I refer to media outlets, uh, political party support, and presence in the public sphere in various ways. So how do these structures fare in Greece and Turkey under the current circumstances? And how influential they remain in defining the public discourse? on the war in Ukraine. Alexandra? Uh, That's an excellent uh, question. Um, I think Russia has been trying uh, to gain influence uh, through orthodox faith, uh, first and foremost, in other Balkan countries as well, like North Macedonia, Bulgaria, Serbia, and Greece. Um, It it was using this old strategy of the orthodox, let's say, commonwealth, which has found uh, uh, fertile ground, as well as uh, Vladimir Putin's revisionism, among willing supporters, I could say, here in Greece, based on anti-systemic, anti-Western, anti-European, and conspiracy. Rational concepts of conspiracy, let's say, and outlooks that have been uh, demonstrated as a result of uh, various impetuses. Um, If we remember um, throughout the financial crisis, after the PRESPA, uh, the signing of the PRESPA agreement, during the pandemic uh, with this anti vax movement. And now with the Russia's invasion in Ukraine, all these groups um, uh, have been always coordinating uh, themselves uh, with this anti-systemic agenda. And uh, they have brought together um, extreme uh, forces from the political spectrum, meaning that 
this they have been trying to coordinate extreme far right uh, parties like Golden Dawn, um, the uh, publicly admitted pro-Russian party Eliniki Lisi uh, Greek Solution, which also now uh, at the Greek Parliament, and extreme left fractions in the left uh, political spectrum in Greece and within. Uh, uh, Syriza party as well. So this broad group of these religious zealots and conspiracy theorists um, and others um, have been trying to coordinate themselves and they were acting in many and various ways, uh, including um, in the media because we had also some uh, owners of media directly linked uh, to Vladimir Putin. And in fact, uh, the Greek government's recent expulsion of Russian diplomats, who were not exactly diplomats, they, they were people working with this network of people. And uh, all the decision of the Greek government is directly linked, I could say, to the creation of this network. Now, uh, this network is not that visible anymore. Perhaps because they do know that they're being monitored more closely, uh, not only from the Greek intelligence uh, services, but also from the EU and the United States. Uh, all do know who these people are and how they have coordinated and have tried to influence, and they actually succeeded in influencing uh, the Greek uh, public opinion. And it is not uh, for a coincidence that Russian, Russia embassy's reaction uh, towards some of the decision of the Greek government has, has been so fierce, fiercely and so strong, uh, at least at the beginning uh, of the war and the announcements were uh, undiplomatic uh, in an unprecedented uh, way. Um, I don't think that they're not uh, visible uh, anymore. However, I'm not sure whether these have been um, completely um, destructed. I mean, they are there, uh, but they're not visible anymore because they do know now, uh, especially after the sanction of these diplomats and advisors and whoever else were expelled from the Greek government, um, might uh, not feel very uh, welcome anymore. And that is why they are still here, but they're not that visible anymore, I think. Thank you very much. Sezin, what's the situation in Turkey? Uh, in fact, uh, Russia's soft power in Turkey was uh, quite different from the uh, soft power, uh, if at all, it had uh, across Europe uh, or in general uh, in other parts of the world, uh, in the sense that it was quite effortless. Uh, the fact that Russia was a non-Western power or even an anti-Western power uh, that seemed to be so strong, uh, especially with this uh, cultic leader, this uh, charismatic, uh, again in quotation marks, leader uh, Putin. Uh, so uh, there was an image of Russia uh, as an 
out of Europe's uh, success story in a way. Uh, that's gone now, uh, of course. Uh, that's tarnished. People are seeing that uh, the Russian army is not doing as fine uh, or uh, as good as it should have, uh, probably, as the, as the image suggested. Uh, and also, the, uh, Putin is more, uh, in, in a way, uh, a lunatic leader, more so than a strong and charismatic one. Uh, there are these perceptions. Uh, but as, uh, at the same time, as I mentioned before, uh, again and again, uh, still this anti-Western uh, side of uh, Russia it garners some sort of respect or support. Uh, that shows how much the Turkish public uh, psyche and also the, the foreign policy approach has become non-Western, actually, more Eurasianist or more, uh, let's say, diversified. Uh, because it was really a Western uh, ally. Uh, before when I was growing up and afterwards uh, in my uh, earlier years, uh, I even witnessed that. Uh, but uh, it has changed. Uh, the, the tendencies and the uh, attitudes have really changed. Uh, but uh, aside from that, uh, that effortless soft image is damaged, but there is no, for example, boycott against Sputnik or uh, in, in general, Russian uh, media sources or Russian uh, things in general. Uh, uh, alternatively, uh, Russian people coming to Turkey, uh, it's, uh, in, if they are at all, uh, buying, for example, uh, places or uh, seeking refuge in Turkey is seen as something possible and positive. Uh, even, uh, or Ukrainians, uh, and there, there are even the popular, uh, uh, ret- there's even the popular rhetoric that Russians and Ukrainians are uh, more preferable as compared to uh, new residents of Turkey coming as refugees or uh, as new uh, official residents uh, from the Middle East. Uh, there's so still that understanding that Ukraine or Russia is more Western at the same time. It's ironic, but there's also that uh, uh, side of the public sentiment and they they would be more readily accepted uh, as newcomers to Turkey than, for example, let's say newcomers from Syria, Iraq or uh, other places or Middle Eastern countries in general. and also, it's interesting that the Turkish nationalist sentiment in general didn't vilify uh, Russia as much as it would. Uh, of course, there were uh, ge- there were general criticisms and uh, th- there were general security uh, question marks, questions directed towards uh, Russia uh, more so than before. Uh, but still, uh, you, you don't see uh, uh, Russia uh, as an, e- an enemy image. Uh, so uh, still, you don't, you don't maybe, uh, Russia has, in that sense, has lost this uh, effort to soft power in Turkey, but at the same time didn't make an enemy out of itself uh, as well. Thank you very much. This answer brings us to the end of our podcast. 
thank you very much for your participation. I would like to uh, thank you for being uh, with us today, uh, Ms. Alexandra Vuduri and Mrs. Zino Ney. Thank you. Uh, and uh, it's my great pleasure to uh, host this discussion with you on a very important topic. Please stay tuned and uh, follow the upcoming uh, podcast of the Liamme podcast series on uh, perceptions uh, in Greece and Turkey on topics of mutual interest. Thank you very much.